time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. He's Blank on Brian Elman. Texans, they're good news. They didn't lose twice this weekend. Texans won. They go into the bye three and three, right where we wanted the Texans to be if they wanted to be in the playoff hunt. What was the biggest lesson you learned? this Sunday about the Houston Texans and their win over the New Orleans Saints. My biggest takeaway from all of this is that C.J. Stroud is a player. And every week he just solidifies it more and more for me because, look, I own it. I'm telling you, I had a lot of concerns going into this season. I had concerns because it was a rookie quarterback starting for the first time and the track record's not good for guys over the course of the history of the NFL doing that. And I also had question marks if they got the right guy and if Stroud was capable of being that guy. Because as we talked about, it wasn't just getting a starting quarterback that could be a franchise-labeled quarterback. In this conference, with the competition and the age of the quarterbacks in it, you needed to see if you could get a guy that could compete with the best quarterbacks in this league if that's what you truly were after as a team. Every single time, the way he he takes the adversity of even the pick, the way he handles the next situation, the way his, his, his pocket presence, the way he makes the right decisions, his touch with the football, everything that I see every single time I watch a, a complete Texans game leads me to believe I was completely off base with my concerns, and this kid is really good. Yeah, he's... Um... He's one of the best rookies we've seen in a really, really long time. I, I had those same concerns about Stroud. I thought he had a chance to be good, but my concerns were he came from Ohio State, quite frankly. And a lot of stuff that what you're seeing now, you didn't see in college, Like to be completely honest. like How does he handle the blitz? It, Ohio State, not very well. like Not very good at all. Now, he wasn't pressured a whole lot because he had studs on his offensive line and he had studs all around him but if you would have thought that CJ Stroud would come into his rookie year and be one of the best quarterbacks not in the rookie class but in the entire league at handling blitzes you'd be lying because that's you're not being truthful with yourself the concerns of Stroud in his rookie year okay, well, he's a rookie, and then also let's see how he does whenever he's handling pressure, especially with that bang-up offensive line and the patchwork offensive line the Houston Texans had. Also, look at the last two weeks and what the Falcons and then Sunday, what the Saints did on third and long situations. They were dropping seven, eight guys into coverage. You don't give that treatment to rookies. You know what you do to rookies? You blitz pressure. them. Yep. You pressure them. You know who... You know what quarterbacks see? Drop seven and drops eights into coverage? The best quarterbacks in the league. So stop listening to us. Stop listening to, to us telling you that C.J. Stroud's really good. Stop looking at the you know the top quarterback rankings. Look what opposing defensive coordinators are doing to C.J. Stroud in critical spots. They're dropping seven and eight in coverage. That's respect. No question about it. And the thing is, is he's making the right reads. But the other thing is the, the thing that you can't teach. It, it, to me, the more you see the way he puts touch on a ball – the way it, it, it's on the outside, it's across the middle, it's where the ball needs to be placed to keep a defender away. The fact that he's already in his rookie year able to do what a lot of veterans still are struggling to do week to week, pass to pass, is something that makes him a, a tier above in terms of how special he is. Look at how much criticism Herbert got after the game last night. And this is a guy that got paid, that got anointed, that everybody said was top five quarterbacks in the league. And yet you look at it, and sometimes when you look at some of these guys at the top end of the top ten, they lack the ability to feather the ball in there and put the touch necessary on big-time throws, especially in, in tight situations and in small windows. Every single time when I see him, yeah, he makes some mistakes. Yeah, he doesn't do it every single time. Physically, you're not going to do that. But the way he's able to put balls over defenders, onto the outside shoulder, and the throws that he's able to make, 
Not a lot of guys that are five, six, seven year season veterans can make some of the throws he's making. Yeah, the anticipation he has and the ability to layer his throws are, are really, really. I mean, I hesitate to use the word elite, but they're they're borderline elite. Like Justin Herbert, I watched a good chunk of that game yesterday. He's got a cannon. Like mm-hmm. he's got a bigger arm than Stroud. Let's 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 face it. Like. Herbert might have the biggest arm of anybody in the NFL. Like he and uh, Allen, I would put on that list. Richardson, whenever he's healthy, looks like he's going to miss the entire year as a rookie. That probably has like the biggest howitzer of an arm. It. Yeah, he can sling he it. Just, like he just—it's because of that baseball with his dad. He—it's—it's it's unorthodox, but he can sling it. He can sling it, but I wouldn't put him ahead of Herbert or uh, Allen with the velo. Like I think they throw it harder. And Stroud, I think Stroud's probably like fifteenth-ish. Like if I just had a guess and put it on a board right now, like arm strength, just pure arm strength velocity. I think Stroud's probably in the top fifteen, which is fine. You can win with that. Brady never had a huge right. cannon. Manning didn't have a cannon after like his fifth year in the NFL. You can win without a top five arm strength. Jamarcus Russell had a big arm. Vince Young had a big arm. I don't think Justin Herbert's as good as we we've like given him credit for. He's got a big arm. I've been on record of saying I don't think Josh Allen has the you know the mindset to win three playoff games in a row because he's a turnover machine. That's what I like about Stroud. He might not have the biggest arm in the NFL, but it's plenty good enough. Top 15 in the league. His accuracy and his ball placement is very good. I think it can actually improve. And then, you, like what you talked about, too, like his touch, his ability to read a defense, his ability to anticipate is on the next level. Yeah, when he sees the D-back pressuring or coming, trying to jump on a pass, as, as his mechanics are great, but when he looks to throw it, he's going to lead the receiver away from the defender. But the other thing, when you look at the way he's able to, to read defenses and throw the football that, that a lot of guys can't do is the fact that he anticipates a lot, and then he's able to to adjust on the fly. You see a lot of guys that when, when you talk about the pressure, when you talk about the fact that a lot is brought to him during the course of a play, he handles everything kind of like that with even keel. I mean, his heartbeat doesn't seem – we talk about Fromber and his emotions. He doesn't get too caught in the emotions to be able to execute the plays that are being called. And I think the other thing to the point that we're talking about, roster matters, system matters. You don't have to have a powerhouse cannon – if you're not blowing the top off the defense with burners on every single play, you're playing in a system where they're trying to get it in the guy's hands quickly. You're trying to get it in your playmaker's hands. You're trying to make things happen, especially with a patchwork offensive line. And so you don't need him to have the, the howitzer that goes 50, 60 yards in the air. Yeah. You need him to do what he's doing right now, which is picking apart defenses with precision. It has to be good enough. It has to be good enough in the arm strength category. There's a certain level where you have to hit it, and Stroud does easily. Like, Stroud, his issue is not arm strength at all. It's just not top five in the league, not top ten in the league. But it doesn't have to be to be a great quarterback. Uh, nine two two seven. would y'all just be honest? The one and only concern y'all had was his S2 score. Y'all thought he was a moron. Look, <laughs> go check the tapes. We had concerns about Ohio State and all the talent yep. that he was around. I'll admit it. I did have concerns about the S2. Look at quarterbacks who have been successful in the NFL. Really good S2s. Go look at the quarterbacks who tested poorly in the S2s. They're not very good quarterbacks. So that was a concern that I had. I'm not going to lie about that 9227. It does show you, though, that it's a BS2 test. That it's not a very accurate test because C.J. Stroud's making that test irrelevant, quite frankly. Well, and when you, you look at it, too, you hear the stories now that maybe, I don't know if they weren't as prevalent leading into the draft, about that he's a football lifer, that he's an X's and O's guy. The reason, even Lance was talking about the fact that the reason why he didn't have any response respect for anybody on the offensive side of the football, particularly his offensive coordinator, because he wasn't calling plays. And he felt like he had more knowledge of the X's and O's and of, of football than his OC. That's why he just went right to day and, and, and day calling the plays was his guy because he, he values and he respects 
football to its core, the X's and O's, the execution, the practice time, the things that you need, those characteristics. We heard about lately, again, Manziel, not even watching tape, not even focused on getting down to playbook kind of mentality. We've heard it before with Jamarcus Russell. You don't have to worry about with this kid. This kid is a football lifer. He understands systematically how the plays work. And that helps him when he's reading defenses and audibleizing. See, that that stuff is probably the most important thing that you need out of a quarterback that people that aren't in the process of like evaluating rookie quarterbacks have no idea about. Because we like did you think Jamarcus Russell would never put on film? You probably didn't. Like maybe you should have if you were an evaluator, but he still went first overall. Like the Manzel was still a first rounder. If you're not going to put any work in, you're gonna be lousy. What's our say, in, in, the most recent example in, in uh Arizona? Kyler? Yeah, Kyler Murray. Remember yeah. the big knock? He doesn't want to watch film. He doesn't want to put the extra work in. He wants to play video games. Can't, so you can't live like that in the NFL. No, you can get paid like that, mm-hmm. but can you survive and be successful like that? Yeah, you can't You can't live like that in the NFL. 713-780-3776. Out to the HRP listener line. John, you're in the hive. What's up, John? What's going on, guys? What's up, John? Um, okay, so I, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of – I don't know who said it earlier, but – you know, when I saw that Mills was going to be the starter last year, I automatically was already looking at, you know, quarterbacks that were we could potentially draft. I mean, so much so to the point where I was purposely cheering for the Texans to lose games because it just, I mean, one or two wins was going to stop us from getting Bryce Younger Stroud and we'd have to settle for, you know, Levis with, and all that. But, you know, I watched Stroud all last year when he was at Ohio State and, you know, me and my dad went back and forth about it. He was a huge Bryce Young guy. I was a C.J. Stroud guy. But one of the things that I that I couldn't get over was the, the size of Young. But, two, you know, you look at Deshaun when he was in Houston. He was a leader among, among men for a certain period of time, and his team had his back. And, you know, they played hard for him. And, you know, his, his, his time in Houston was special before all that stuff came out. And I'm getting that same vibe with Stroud here. And, you know, he's a leader among men. You know, when the O-line is failing him, he's not blaming them, you know, saying, hey, you know, my O-line let me down. He's saying, hey, they're working hard for me. I'm going to work hard for them. And that, to me, is what stands out because you can see it in the effort. You know, Nico Collins stepping up big. Um, you know, Tank Dell stepping up. And, you know, Robert Woods, these veterans that have been in the league for so long, look at this rookie quarterback as their leader and as the guy. And that's just something that you just don't get every day in these caliber quarterbacks. Meanwhile, in Carolina, you know, it seems like that nobody's respecting Bryce Young like that. And that's why I feel like that's part of his struggles is because he's struggling with confidence. Appreciate the call, John. You're kind of dropping out there, too. Look, Bryce Young could very well still be a, a good quarterback in the NFL, and he doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him either. To to to, the, to his point, though, I, I think the one thing that stood out to me, and a lot of times it can just be media speak, but to get a guy like Laramie Tunsil to start talking about what he saw at practice early on, mm-hmm. to, to him outwardly, because even when veterans see it, sometimes they don't want to give rookies the, the, the rookies that credit yet, and they want to see it in a game, and they see it translate to games that mean something. But I do think that there is a level of respect, and it's also partly a, 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 a characteristic of a roster that's growing with them because they're all similar in age. They're all kind of getting it, growing into their own in the NFL, and they realize 
this is the kid. He's doing it the way I want to do it because I want to be around him because we can have success if we all play to that level. Yeah, Carolina already switching play callers, too. They're going to have a yeah. new play caller after the bye. 3066, uh, if the Texans would have listened to Branham, the Texans would have drafted Will Levis, who can't even win the starting job in Tennessee. I actually wanted Will Anderson at number three and then figure out quarterback later, which probably would have been Will Levis because he slid in the draft. Um, let's see what Will Levis does, though. I think there's a decent chance he might start after the bye with the whole Tannehill. I think you got to see what he injury. can It's just like we didn't know what we were getting until we saw C.J. Stroud in games. It's like everything else. You don't know what you have until you actually throw them into the fire and say, hey, go do it when it matters. Give them all the, the, the training that you can and the practice time and then turn them loose and say, we got to make a judgment one way or another no matter what. He was highly regarded coming into the draft process. It doesn't matter where you're drafted. If you can play, they're going to find a way to put you on the field and give you a chance to succeed. Yeah, he has I'm, to I'm play. In, I'm intrigued to see what he looks like. Malik Willis is terrible. He had a poor... And there was a guy... <laughs> I mean, Willis, remember his last workout and everybody talking about, oh, the athleticism, oh, what he can do, oh, the arm strength and the mobility and the athletic, and everything that he brought to the table. He's awful. He's so bad. Yeah. He is literally one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I hope they do make that change soon. But I did want Will Anderson. And I wouldn't trade C.J. Stroud for nothing anymore. I'm all in. And I do agree with John. I don't want to use the word special because he's played six games of his NFL career. But it looks like it might be special. 713-780-ESPN. Let's cash it or trash it next. What are your hot takes? Your overreactions that you want us to cash or trash? We have ours as well. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You can cash this. Gentle Ben is the best. I've been telling you for what seems like years now that Gentle Ben is simply the best. It all starts with the finest ingredients and classic time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Ben uses a revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. You'll love what's not in it, including VOCs. What's that? Volatile organic compounds. It's not in it. The gentle bin purification process takes these out, which, if you do have it in your spirits, can lead to coughing when you're drinking the other brands. But gentle bin does not have those naughty VOCs. You get all the flavor with none of the burn, whether it's the vodka, gin, straight bourbon whiskey, or the cask strength bourbon. The next time you head to dinner, go to your favorite bar, ask for gentle bin. Look for Gentle Ben at whatever liquor store you go to. If you're looking for plans, head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room. If you're going to an Astros game, if they get back to Minute Maid, stop by the Gentle Ben Bar or stop by the Gentle Ben Bar at the Toyota Center this upcoming rocket season as well. If you're a lazy bones and you don't want to go to the liquor store, you don't go to restaurants, you don't go to bars to get Gentle Ben, just head to GentleBen.com right now and order the vodka, order the gin, order the bourbon. You can do that now at GentleBen.com. Add it to your cart. They'll deliver it straight to your door. Gentle Ben, all of the flavor, none of the burn. Prepare for overreaction on my mark. It's that time of the week where overreactions are not only welcome, they're celebrated. They say Muhammad Ali was the greatest of all time, but he never fought Cassius Clay. It's Cashem or Trashem with the Killer Bees. This is your hot take. Hmm. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. All right, get those hot takes, those, uh, Radical opinions at 713-780-3776. We'll, we'll cash or trash it uh, after we're done with ours. Blankers, lead us off here. What are you cashing? What are you trashing? I'm telling you, as much as I was thinking about this this morning and, and all the different guesses we were making about where the Texans would fall in different rankings, it's not just C.J. Stroud. I feel like this offense is top 10 offense in the NFL. I feel like at the end of the year, it's not going to be because they were playing from behind. It's not going to be because they were ranking up, racking up lots of passing yards in, in like 
meet meaningless times of the game. I think this is a top 10 offense in the NFL. And again, I'll eat crow. I, I could be very, very wrong, but it feels like this offense, no matter what the team does the rest of the year, is top 10 offense in the NFL. I have to, I have to cash this. They've played six games and half of the opponents that they've played. I, I need to see the updated, uh, like where they're at statistically. But the Saints were a top 10 defense. Falcons were a top 10 defense. And Baltimore's probably top 10 in defense. So they've played roughly three top 10 defenses so far in their 50% of the games that they've played. The Texans are top, what? I think they're top 10 in yardage offensively. So I would agree. And I think that they're doing it too without playing their best. They're doing it with a receiver's room that's been way better than we thought. But I still think that they could use some more talent. Uh, uh, not this year. Uh, this is something that I want to address either in free agency or the draft. They've done it with a patchwork offensive line for the most part. I'll have to cash this one, Joe. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trash it, trash just because I think for them to be top ten, we need to see them turn the corner on scoring more often with it with touchdowns. So like nine of like their last like twenty nine, I think it is offensive possessions, not including the ones that ended halves, have ended in field goals. That's a lot of field goals over the last three games. Like, it wasn't a big deal in Pittsburgh, but it hurt you last week versus Atlanta. And this week, it didn't bother, it didn't affect you at all. But it's, it's a lot of field goals. So I just feel like to be top 10, they need to score more in the end zone than they are at the moment, but they're like borderline. They are one of the worst teams in the NFL in red zone conversion that is yeah. in touchdowns that, that is true like they're like 25th or something like that it was it was i was reading that it was the t- i think the titans and the the texans are two of the worst in the red zone i think the, the texans went up a little bit this past week because they were pretty successful yeah. but going into the week i totally believe that now the texans are the ninth best offense in the nfl right now based on yardage 347 now based on points kind of to joe's point they're 14th they average 22 and a half points a game so uh, to, to be in that top 10, you probably do need to start being better in the red zone. I believe they're going to be. They were better this week against the Saints, and their easiest parts of the schedule is coming up. They played three of the top defenses uh, they will play all year when you look at it. All right, Mike Cash or Trash It. We will be clamoring for Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore to get more minutes at the expense of Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks as soon as this season. Ooh, I am going to trash this mm, trash careful. because of Fred Van Vliet. Because in order to take the kind of massive 180 that this team needs to take, you need a veteran floor leader. And I think that Van Vliet is going to be the guy that Udoka really leans on. And so, therefore, he is going to put him out there more times than anybody else. I'm talking about fans. I'm not talking about Udoka. Oh, okay. I think we are actually already seeing some of that based on Amin Thompson's performance yesterday. Yeah. Look, the fact that he was 6 of 13, but the knock on him is he cannot shoot. But the fact that he is as effective at filling up a stat sheet and doing the things that he does, and his shot doesn't look completely broken. He looks pretty good. God, he looks he way looks better. Good. He, he looks, looks way better. so good. He looks pretty good. And again, we just got to talking about C.J. Stroud, but you're talking about a guy that's a gym rat. They said the problem is he can't get out of the gym. So he's going to work and do everything in his power to get better. And Cam Whitmore, I mean, at his size to jump the way he jumps and shoot the three ball too – Wow, those two guys are impressive. Those That's a dunks fun, are awesome. It is yeah. a fun team to watch already. It's night and day. Oh, for sure. They, but, they, they're going to be fun this year. Yeah, I just don't think, I think from ownership, general manager, all the way on down, I think that's one thing. I don't think you're going to see it, but I think you're, I would cash the fact that the fans are definitely going to want to see, if, if you phrase it that way, the, yes, the fans are going to want to see those two guys as much as possible. 
I'm going to trash this. Mm, trash. Wrong. Because I'm going to throw out a flaming hot take. Oh. The fans are going to be clamoring for a men to play over Jalen Green. See, I think a men's more of a point guard, though. I know. Like, but, I, like, I, don't think I, so. I think that people are going to fall out of love with Jalen Green very quickly this season. Yeah, I don't I think see he's it. an inefficient, inefficient basketball player. And Amen Thompson is everything you want. And, like, the idea of putting him and Fred Van Fleet out there on the court mm. at the same time, it's not great. But, like, I, I just – I think Fred – I think people are good with Fred and what he's going to bring to this team. I think the guy that people are going to get quickly annoyed with is Jalen Green. Well, interesting. Especially, like, if Jabari's playing well. I just – that that pull up jumper that Amen Thompson had, and then the quick three that he took, like on the left side, like fearless drains it. I just he's yeah. awesome. It's not Ben Simmons. He's got confidence when he shoots it. But I'll say this: well before we had the KPJ off the floor episodes, I said that the one guy that had the most to prove that was teetering on the board uh, on the border of being out of here was KPJ. He had he had to really win the coaching staff over. Now that KBJ's gone, I think Jalen Green is right in the middle of Udoka's cross- crosshairs, and I think he's got a lot to prove. I'm going to trash your Jalen Green tech. What do you got, Joe? Trash. Is that your cash trash? You no, um, you just come, you just come by him naturally. I, yeah, I do. I just live. I just come I by love it honestly. Them. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't really know how to phrase this one, so I'm going to say that there is going to be serious conversations, and may they've already started. That Drake May is going to be the better quarterback prospect than Caleb Williams. May. Are you saying that because of your Irish and the way they flustered him in the first half? As a Irish slash Bears fan, I was excited for Notre Dame. I didn't love what I saw as a Bears fan. Interesting. Like, I just he's kind of reckless with the ball, mm. and he looks to play hero ball a lot. I kind of want to see him away from Lincoln Riley to like, which like he will be. But like the idea of like bringing Lincoln Riley with him, pass. That dude, fraud. Wow. I'll throw that wow. in there, too. Wow. I'm out on That's Lincoln Riley. That's a double Riley. header right I'm there. I'm out on Lincoln yeah. Riley. Lincoln Riley is not a great coach. Yeah. And that maybe it's because he can't look at himself, like look himself in the mirror and his coaching staff and realize like his defense is dog. Like, he does nothing to improve it. He knew they were bad last year. He didn't replace his D.C. He has a problem. It was the same problems at Oklahoma. But like, don't you also think it's part of, part of the fact that you got to get a kid that is willing? I see a lot of Caleb Williams pushing back at Lincoln Riley too. There seems to be a lot of bickering on the sidelines. Yeah, for a kid that seems like he already knows it all, and so there's the concern I would say where maybe Drake May is a guy that a lot of teams are going to look at from maybe the fact that you can get through to him. Caleb, after two Heisman's and riding high and all the NIL, everything he's got going for him, and knowing he's he's number one in the draft guy. He seems to have a whole lot of ego that goes with it because he refused to take what they were giving him. He just kept trying to play homer ball. Yeah, like, and I, look, I'm still Team Caleb Williams, but I just think those conversations are going to start. If and they're kind of starting already about the way Drake May is playing and, and Caleb Williams' performances like that. They're not going to make the college football playoff. He's not going to win the Heisman again. And plus, this is just what we do when you when you win a Heisman and you have to play another year. We tear you down for a year. Are you we find gonna, every reason. So I'm still Caleb, true. but like, are you I think the, conversa- the conversations are going to be there. Are you cashing or trashing it, Blankers? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to trash it. I think there's too much. Trash. There's too many people that see too much in the upside of Caleb Williams. And when he gets to the next level, believe there's plenty of GMs and coaches all the time that believe we can get to this kid. We can do what we need to do. I don't think he that, that anything is going to have Drake May surpass Caleb Williams on the draft board. But I see some chinks in the armor. I don't think it's this generational prospect that we've built him to be. Did you see someone someone this weekend <laughs> was saying sure. that he's he's 
prime Aaron Rodgers already. I'm like, what did you just watch? Like people, and like I, I hate the Patrick Mahomes comparisons. Like he's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. That was the other one. Was not a top ten pick. That's true. Like, can I recuse uh, myself from this since I retired from evaluating college quarterbacks? Oh, no, right. you have to answer it. <sighs> well, you have to at least cash your try. I don't love the F Utah thing you did last year. I don't either. That's not behavior. That was on his that's not behavior I want from my starting quarterback. Yeah. Like from a starting receiver, that's fine. Starting quarterback, uh, uh-uh, I, I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going ca- to cash this. I'm going to cash this. I yeah. think, and I still think it will likely be Caleb number one. But like, it just. That's a big moment against a very good defense, and he he floundered yeah. big time. Michael like, Swab, y'all familiar with Michael Swab? Yeah. The czar of Astros Twitter. We're DM friends on Twitter, but uh, I've never met him in my life. He's got a lot of bad takes. Maybe we never will. Uh, but Swab, he says that the reason the Astros struggle at home is because they're really bad when the other team scores first. And, of course, visiting team, they have the opportunity to bat before the home team. They bat first in every inning. The home team bats second in every inning. His theory is that one of the reasons the Astros are so bad at home is because they're a really bad team whenever they're trailing. Cash or trash? I mean, we've seen the – it's baseball, man. I I, I don't think that if, – if that was the case – I just feel like the team would just not be where it is right now, and they'd have a lot more problems than that. I think they're a, they're a strong mental team enough that I don't think that that's the issue. But they're really bad at home. They are. They're bad at home. but And they're really bad whenever they're trailing. I, I've seen the numbers, and, and I know it, but I think that it's, again, we say that's baseball. It's quirky that way. Sometimes guys from McCullers from one year to the other can be great on the road and suck at home the next year the exact opposite. I'm just not going to put that much into it. Joe? Trash I trash that for Joel. I'm gonna cash it. I mean, I have. I feel like you have to. the The numbers back it up. Their their record says they are substantially worse when the other team scores first. Now, like this batter's eye thing, yes, is like it's there, but the numbers say it. Like, are they pressing too much when they get behind, even if it's only one run? The numbers kind of look like but it. But wouldn't it also it say that then they just fold up their tents and kind of go home and not fight back the way they did with a chance to win yesterday? That's true. And, like, I do feel like a lot of times, especially, like, the last month of the season, not only were they behind, they were behind three or four runs because the starting pitchers were getting up so much in the first. Like, they were chasing big numbers. Not They're not chasing a one nothing game. They're chasing 3 4 nothing the whole time. <sighs> I'm cashing it, too. The Astros, they're a different offense whenever they're trailing. It's its kind of weird. I think that the crooked number factor is the biggest thing. If you're down a run or two, I don't have any doubt. I don't think they have any doubt they're back in the game. I think for any Major League Baseball, the doubt creeps in when you give up a massive number in the first inning or the first couple innings. All right, what are the hot takes and overreactions you have after NFL Week 6? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5. And ESPN 92.5. First, I got to tell you about HRP, Human Resources and Payroll. You need this if you're an employer. It's Cougar owned by my colleague, Go Cougs, members of the Cougar 100 for the eighth year in a row. Business owners, let HRP help you. They can help you in HR compliance, they can help you in benefits administration, payroll, onboarding. HRP can help in any of those areas 
or all of those areas. There's no boxes with HRP. Doesn't matter how small the job, how big the job. HRP will completely customize a plan for what you and your business need. You're not ordering off the menu. It's not a cookie cutter thing. They're going to customize whatever you need. HRP is going to find a way to make your life easier. And they do it in a way that's unique too. Technology meeting service. They have the best technology. You'll love that. You'll trust that. But you will fall in love with their service because they care about you at HRP. Guarantee fulfillment there's not a stranger on the other side of the line you'll be calling somebody that's familiar with you they're familiar with your needs they want to take care of your business so allow them to do that we use hrp here at gal media i've loved every bit of it give them a call right now 281-880-6525 let hrp customize a plan for you 281-880-6525 or just check them out online at hrp.net that's hrp.net espn joel blank and that jeremy branham guy this one's weird. He's blank on Branham. This one. This one's weird. Uh, overreactions to Week Six of the NFL season. Triple Zero Two. Aaron Rodgers, the biggest name to be traded in the NFL. Oh, that's that's wild. That's a what? bad take. Do you think that he plays football this year? I don't. Again, I just don't. <laughs> I yes. Mean, I, I think he's such. He's so attention starved that he has to be on the sideline. That he has to be. You know, throwing passes and getting everybody talking, and then he goes on. McAfee and he's, you know, he's he's taking shots, making at, millions on McAfee. Did you see that? That well, that had to be the case when McAfee got him. But at the same time, he just can't stay get out of his own way, and, and he just has to be in the public eye. He takes away some of the shine of a of a Jets team that got a massive win that has a really good defense that is playing good football. But I still don't think if that truly was Achilles surgery, I don't know how he's going to play this year. Let's be honest. Anything that Aaron Rodgers is doing is far more entertaining with what the Jets are doing, even if they're winning football they games. The Eagles, that's big. Yeah, but they're super boring. I'm, I I want to see Aaron Rodgers throw fake passes pregame, then watch the Jets play a football game. That, that's so boring to watch. I, I do think there's a chance that he doesn't doesn't ever play for the Jets again. But I always kind of had this the conspiracy again. theory that like he wanted to do almost exactly what Brett did. Which was find his way out of Green Bay and then find a way to return to the North to really piss off the Packers. But who's he going to play for? Yeah, I don't see him playing for. I the, mean, Kirk, is he going to play in Minnesota I mean, too? Kirk's a free agent. He has part ownership in the Bears. Well, he's got part ownership in the Bears. Marvin Harrison to the Jets. Marvin Harrison Jr., Aaron Rodgers, Joe Alt. Okay. No, yeah, but to your point, contract. Jeremy. There had to be something to him giving up money to stay to, to do the Jets thing. He ain't leaving the Jets. If he plays, he plays for the Jets, and I think he plays for him next year. Yeah, I, I think he, I I think he's going to try to play this year. I think he's going to try. It, could be a it, it might even be to your point where he's just so like desperate for attention and like craves that stuff that he tries to play last few games of this year. Plus, the Jets might be a playoff contention. Well, there's there, that's a fact, and that's going to lead him to try and get back. But I think that he may. He I don't think it's Brett Favre. I think it's Brady. I think he follows the Brady train and says, I want to go to another team and win another one to prove it was me, not them. Yeah. No, I think that's true. It's just, it's going to be fascinating because, like, he's doing, like, overseas, like, these professional soccer players, they're not out as long with Achilles injuries. Really? Because, like, they have, like, different surgeries and things like that that they've been doing. You keep so, up a lot with the Premiership. No, <laughs> I've been listening to podcasts. They <laughs> um, got that and, blood spinning. Though. And, like, so, like, whatever PRP, he had. That's old stuff, though. No, but you remember how Kobe did it? Yeah. They I got a different way of doing it I think it's, super, it's like, pretty routine now. Like but it's, like, 
I don't want to say on steroids, but there's a way that they're doing it over there that I'm not sure is approved over here. So yeah, how so long like, does it take these soccer, these footballers to come back? So like the January timeline would make sense. Man. So like maybe there's a chance. Like he's already walking. I want to see it for the drama and the entertainment value. Like what if he tore what if he did it and then tore care. his Achilles again? That's what I, I'm saying. I, I, I think care. he tries to come if he tries to come back, I think he could end it yeah. end of his career. Yeah, you are probably right. I don't care. No, I, I don't know. care if Aaron Rodgers repairs his Achilles. I rather Aaron Rodgers risk it all to come back whenever they play the Houston Texans than than having concern about him tearing his Achilles. I think He's the fine. fact that they're they're in the discussion right now that's what he needs. The only way that this truly has any legs, literally and figuratively, is if they're still in the playoff hunt yeah. and Zach Wilson's still teetering on respectability. If they're not in the playoff hunt and he comes back. What then, a mistake. Then he's super oh. attention hungry oh, yeah. and cares only about himself. And I, not I that that's out of the realm that. either. I, I really hope he doesn't do that. Nine zero one six Overreaction. The Texans will make the playoffs this year. It's not an overreaction. It's not an overreaction, but I, I'm not ready yet to say that they will. But I think that it's week, every week passing week shows me that they are going to be in the hunt. I it's not a it's not an overreaction. The Texans will be a playoff team in 2023. You have a great head. Well, I'm not gonna say great. You have a good head coach, and bordering on a great quarterback. If you have those two things in the NFL, you're destined for some success. So you're saying they are going to be a playoff? Team. They'll be a playoff team this year. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to miss out, but I think that they're going to have a fighting chance the entire way. They'll be in the hunt for sure. Uh, Jim Schwartz was the biggest acquisition any team made all season. Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the talent speaks for itself. I mean, yeah. you still have Miles Garrett. I mean, that's where it all starts. You you spent a lot of draft capital on defensive players, too. You brought in a lot of guys on both sides of the football. I said two years ago that was still the best roster in the NFL, regardless of quarterback. Deshaun obviously doesn't want to play, <laughs> and they still find a way to win. But I'm not going to say that Jim Schwartz was the biggest acquisition of the offseason. It's weird how he's the only one that can stop Kyle Shanahan, at least as well as he has. I think his record's like 7-0. and Against Kyle Shanahan. It's really bizarre. Yeah, he's like the only dude in the like, world that knows how to stop Kyle Isn't he Shanahan. also another Watch guy that film. isn't... He's a great coordinator that can't ever be a great head coach. You, you, are you suggesting... Yeah, probably. Are you suggesting that defensive coordinators do not watch films? I, I mean, like, if, <laughs> if he can do it so well, like, it reminds... Like, back when... Back Everybody, in, every DC's <laughs> watching film morning, noon, and night. No, but, like, when the Rams were on their run, when the year they won the Super Bowl, with or the year they went to the Super Bowl with Goff, like, they were running through everyone. And then they played the Bears, and Vic Fangio, like, figured out McVay and Goff. And then everyone, including Belichick in the Super Bowl, started emulating, like, that same defense. If Schwartz has figured out Kyle Shanahan so well, why does no one replicate it? It was, the easy. Players, it was easy with the Rams. Uh, probably. But it was easy a- with the Rams. It was the speaker. Goff's playing pretty darn good. Now right he now. is. Yeah, he's it playing took him a while. He's playing really good. He's Goff playing is, at a high level. Goff is better now than he was then by well, a lot. I think, I think so. their plan was to move on for him from him after this contract expires. And now I don't think he's playing. He's playing at a level I don't think they can. Yeah, I think he gets an extension. The Bengals are about to go on a run and roll to a third straight AFC North title. Please, Joe. Joe. Joe better hope so. Okay, predict them to go to the Super Bowl. Well, here's the thing. I need something to go right for me because we did major league baseball predictions. Yeah. Before the season? Yeah. Do I get a point if a team made the division but didn't make the wild card? Like what? if they if they won their Yeah, if they advanced through the cool. wild card. Cool. So yeah, we yeah. picked six teams. I got one point. That's good. Well, That's at least all you didn't I get got. shut out. You should be happy about that right there. Don't worry if you don't get any points. Be happy you didn't get shut out. I I mean, it's pretty close. So I, like I need the Bengals to like make me not look so terrible. I think I don't I'm not concerned about you looking terrible, but I, I do think that the Bengals win the division. 
I think they got. I, I think they're starting to figure it out. They're getting it rolling. They start like this every year. I don't think Baltimore's as good as we thought. Pittsburgh certainly not. And I, Cleveland. I, think, yeah. I was gonna say. I think more so than giving that than the, the chances of that happening because of their own abilities, and, and more a product of the fact that that division is really kind of mediocre across the board. You look mm-hmm. at it, Pittsburgh. What are they? With, with the exception of a pass rush. And you look at it and say, look, the, the Cleveland defense is good, but Deshaun doesn't want to play, and they just spent a boatload of money on him. And Baltimore's up and down, too. I think that the Bengals will win the division, but it's almost by default because the rest of the division is really bad. Yeah, yeah that was one of mine was Baltimore. It's just not good. They're not that great. They're still OBJ's been... Oh, never mind. They're just... They're not. They're nothing. The Eagles are overrated. Yep. Are they? Oh. I don't think so. I mean, Julio Jones saved the day. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's another guy that just signed a, a year contract for about three weeks before he gets hurt again. Who who got hurt for them to sign Julio Jones? They should have brought back my guy Greg Ward. I think like, Julio I think, Jones. Like, Where is Greg Ward? I think Quez Watkins. I don't think he's on a team. He got cut by the Eagles before camp or before the year. But he was good enough that you think someone else would have picked him up. He Carolina should have picked him up. He had some he had some season with the Eagles. He was on the practice squad for years. But yeah. then they would call him up, designate him, back to practice squad. This is the best Lions team of your lifetime. No matter how oh, old no you doubt. are. No doubt. Man, it's hard for me to ever go against a Barry Sanders, but, yeah, but yeah, they Barry, look good. Barry Sanders, Herman Moore, those teams, they just they never had enough to get anywhere. Yeah, This seems like the, the complete package. They got good players on defense, starting with Hutchinson. They've drafted well. They've got good players on offense. We got done talking about Goff. And I think that the product of the team is bigger than the subject of its parts. Like when you had Sanders and Herman Moore and not a whole lot more uh, other than that, I think this team has sustainability. Not a whole lot of Herman Moore. Um, you see the video, by the Eagles, way, where he walked the concourse that. and someone had a Herman Moore jersey on and tapped him <laughs> on the shoulder and the dude had no idea who it was. He was like, that's me. You want me to sign it? That's funny. Uh, Eagles or, or Lions? Who's better? Oh, the that's, Eagles are better than the Lions. Eagles are better than the Lions. I don't know. Eagles got so much talent on defense. It's the Eagles, but I'm not impressed. Those two receivers, all the talent on on defense, and and, and look, I know don't that Hurts is taking some lumps. I know and that's Jameson one. Jameson Williams. I think I'll, if you want to go which either or, to me, it's a no brainer. You take Philly's receiver. My problem with the Lions is look how good DeAndre Swift has looked for the Eagles. Like, what are they doing at He's running back? Not this past week. <laughs> no, I know it was a bad week this last I week. I think the like, Eagles roster is better. Lions are better coached. In, he was top six in rushing in yeah. the NFL. Was well, he? He didn't have a good week. That running game was no. Atrocious. Going into the, the weekend, though, he was top six. In the, I was shocked by that alone. Eagles roster, Lions coaching staff. That's my answer. I, I, I could see that. That's my yeah. answer. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. The Astros are still capable of winning this series. Do you believe that? If so, why? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. 